1: Hello and welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host Kevin DeVries and as always if you'd like to reach us at the podcast you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPL Roundtable at gmail.com. All right we are back this time with a Wolves season review joined by Thomas Boff who you can find on Twitter at Thomas Boff and he's also the editor of wolvesblog.com, so be sure to check that out over there. Thomas glad to have you joining us today. It was Fairly and arguably the best season we've seen from our promoted side in recent memory. So I have to imagine you have a lot of fond memories of this debut season.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, way too many to go through <laughs> in one little segment. Um, you know, every every other game almost seemed to, seemed to throw something up. Um, but, you know, the ones that really stuck out in my mind when I'm thinking back over the season were... We beat Leicester 4-3 in what was voted one of the best games of the Premier League season. Um, so that was, you know, 93rd minute winner, fantastic against a team who are a rival in that middle part of the table. Um, which I suppose a lot of people might not expect me to immediately pick because, you know, in amongst that we also beat all the top four. Well, with the exception of Liverpool, we beat most of the, the big six teams. We obviously eliminated Liverpool from the FA Cup, knocked Man United out in the quarter final of the FA Cup, uh, you know, beat Tottenham at Wembley, that was a massive one. We beat Chelsea at, at Molyneux at a time in the season when we were struggling um, and we needed to change. So it's that, just a catalogue of, um, of amazing things happening all season. So it was just, yeah, all in all, fantastic.
1: Yeah, definitely an impressive one. Uh, Also, I'm sure you've seen this, but you beat all four European finalists.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I saw quite funny that that said that that made us the best team in the world. But then someone also put a tweet out that said, because Huddersfield did the double over (laughs) us. that That means that Huddersfield are the greatest team in Europe by the extended logic. So, yeah. So, we're... Pretty shocking news
1: to break here that Huddersfield are the best team in Europe. <laughs>
2: exactly, <Yeah, laughs> Huddersfield the best team in Europe. Yeah, so it's Huddersfield and then Wolves and then the four European finalists. So there yeah. you go. That's the that's the new world order.
1: <laughs> well, it's very unfortunate news for a lot of people. We'll, we'll just uh, keep moving. If you had to give this season a letter grade, it's hard to imagine anything other than an A. But what would you give it?
2: Yeah, I'm going to say I'm going to say A minus. And the only minus is because of that FA Cup semi-final defeat and the nature of that defeat, because we were 2-0 up with 10 minutes to go. I mean, getting to a cup final, that would have been incredible. And I think, you know, even if you lose to Man City in that final, the fact that we got there would, you know, would have been, you know, tremendous. But it was such a gut punch, that semi-final defeat. I've never felt as bad, I think, at a football match in my entire life. Um, so I can't say, a, you know, a season of perfection just because I just remember. I'll always look back on the season, however good it was. And the results were brilliant. The team was excellent. and Everything went brilliantly. In the Premier League, it's definitely an A. It's probably an A plus. But, you know, factoring in the disappointment and how annoying it was to lose that semi-final to Watford, I'm going to be very harsh and I'm going to say A minus.
1: Yeah, and if you had won that, then it would be in your own hands.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's obviously now we're relying on Man City beating Watford to to get us into the Europa League. Uh, but I think such is the development of this Wolves team and the club that we're already kind of aiming bigger than that. And I know that's mm. kind of, out you know, it's almost outrageous to think it, you know, this newly promoted club. But we've got such ambitious owners and we seem to have... Um, you know everything the structure in place to do to really push on and try and do something so i don't think we will be pushing the top 6 next season but i think we can we certainly want to be seeing this team progress and when you finish seventh obviously the logical next step is to try and get closer to six so um i think we ended up 9 points behind man united so hopefully maybe we can we can we can do something next year who knows but um but yeah so the europa league in that context could be a bit of a spanner in the work. so it'd be great if we got into Europe but if Watford beat Man City and, and it's them who take that final spot then I don't think we'd be grudged on that and um, that's a challenge we won't have to navigate.
1: Yeah Um. well uh, we usually discuss high and low points of the season but I feel like you mentioned the highs in the season review and then the lows um, with your letter grade uh, probably being yeah. that Uh lost in the FA Cup so with that kind of already addressed. I'm curious as to what you think was uh, Wolves' goal of the season. I know Neves had some crackers from outside the box. Jimenez with some tidy footwork. Jota towards the end of the season as well. Uh, What do you think takes the cake?
2: Uh, Well, I think what won the official competition for the club was a goal that Diogo Jota scored against Cardiff. And that was like a sequence of like 20-odd passes and it ended with some really neat interplay between Jimenez and Jota and Gibbs-White, and we just you know tore through Cardiff and that's something we hadn't done all season particularly against the bottom teams when teams came to defend we just struggled to break them down so that, i think that was just a really satisfying um team goal and i think that was that was what won and i would probably go with that because i think it uh, mirrors the fact that Wolves are very much a team got some good individual players but it's about the unit and collectively how strong they've been this season I'm thinking of other contenders in my head. I mean, Neves put a good free kick in against Arsenal. Uh, who else? Martinez scored a nice one at Old Trafford that was slightly behind him, and he planted it in the top yeah. corner. But yeah, I think I think I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the, the popular vote and, and stick with that Jota goal against Cardiff. It's not the most glamorous game, obviously, but um, a, a great goal. And I was sat be- right behind it, so I saw it all—all all the beautiful link-up play—and uh, yeah, definitely going with that. I think.
1: Yeah, and like we said, it, it's difficult to pick in the good way. <laughs> because there, yeah. were, there were a <laughs> lot of candidates for it from you this season. Um, there were some people that, that had complaints about how the team was constructed. We won't really get into that. But when a team like yours has so many talented players, usually, especially come the summer, people start talking about which one of those players could be picked off. But I haven't really heard much about that from you. Walt, what You're already hearing it about Zaha potentially leaving. Crystal Palace, some players potentially already leave, leaving Everton. How confident are you that the Wolves players are, A, believing in, in what Nuno's doing at the squad, and B, would reject advances from elsewhere?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's very difficult to know without being in that camp. My interpretation and all the language that comes out of the club and the players on social media, it's all this one-pack mentality that Nuno's very big on. You know, we're Wolves, we're a pack, players, fans. And the players... You know, all the big players, particularly, all buy into that narrative. Um, and they all seem, you know, very much woven into the fabric of the club. I think the two players I would probably identify as being most likely to be picked off are obviously Ruben Neves and um, Jota. Um, those are the two. But I mean, I think I saw a post from Jota on Instagram. He's like, you know, we're going to attack next season. Can't wait to get going. And, you know, you don't know how much to buy into these kind of statements. But they seem, so, you know, to answer the first part of your question, I think as it is, they'd be happy to stay and, and play for Wolves. But as you know, if, if someone comes in, well, you know, one of Liverpool or Tottenham, you know, Arsenal, Man United, I don't know, all these teams. And, you know, you can't discount foreign teams, you, you know, you, you know Italian and Spanish teams who might be interested in these players um you know if a big money bid comes in i've i've no idea whether they um you know would i don't think they'd be the type of players you'd really want to force through a move um but you know big money money does talk so um but in the here and now I'm, i'm confident that we will retain this nucleus of players so um i just hope, certainly hope that's the case
0: Yeah,
1: it, it would honestly kind of be a shame for them to be broken up at this stage with so much potential still yet ahead of them. Um, you mentioned uh, trying to catch up United in sixth. If you were to do that, do you think the natural progression of these players that are already at your club would be enough to get there? Or do you think there are some some holes that would need to be filled in the summer?
2: I think they need to improve the, the, the squad um, and, and possibly the team. Um, I th- I think if you... I saw a statistic somewhere that said if you took out games against the bottom four or five teams in the league, Wolves would have finished fourth, maybe third or fourth, I think. So when you think actually the challenge is to beat not very good teams, <laughs> it doesn't seem as daunting a task to sort of gate crash that, uh, that, certainly the top six. I mean, you know, um, so and I, and I think... I think I said on a previous podcast as well that I just don't feel that those teams who are below Liverpool and, and Man City, any of those teams are in a particularly great moment. I mean, I know Tottenham are in the Champions League final and uh, Chelsea and Arsenal are in the Europa League, but I think Tottenham have had a long, difficult season. So, you know, but I'd probably take them out of that that clutch of teams. They're kind of sitting a in a position in between Liverpool, Man City and and the other teams. But certainly Arsenal, Chelsea and Man United, they've got a big summer ahead of them. Um, And if their recruitment's not right over the summer um, and Wolves improve again, then I think that there's every chance that that gap will be smaller and that potentially we could finish above one of those teams. I don't don't think that's completely outrageous to believe um, based on what we've seen. But equally, those teams could come back uh, stronger. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think this this team can get better. And I think over the second half of the season, the season that's just finished, we've already seen that they've got better. And I think our points return has been better since Christmas. Um, so if we extrapolate what we did over the second half of this season, over a full season next year, then we'll we'll be very close.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Um, are, are there any players at the squad that you feel haven't made the grade? I know as a neutral, I was somehow surprised that Adama Traore continued to be exactly what he is instead of developing into anything more.
2: Yeah, I thought Nuno might do something with him. Um, he did play him... Because um, he started, every time he came on, we were playing with three up front at the start of the season. He was sort of playing wide of that front three and he was an impact player and he was doing some bits, but he couldn't really find the end product um, and then he's he's very much, since we went to two up front, he sort of drifted in and out, had less opportunities probably. But then Nuno has used him. When we played some of these bottom teams and we tried to unlock teams like Cardiff and Burnley, we've played him a right wing back. Um, and he he's done quite well in those games. So I think his long-term future, if he stays at Wolves, will be in that kind of wing back position. Um, but, the, you know, that. He, I suppose when you consider we paid £18 million pounds for him and he was our record signing at that time, I probably had hopes for a slightly better return. But um, but I think he'll probably be there next season. But I think um, Helder Costa is probably the one that sticks out to me as not having really made the grade. He was in the team at the start of the season and his form was quite good without really contributing meaningful you know, like goals and assists. But he's just he's just deteriorated as the season's gone on. I think he's a confidence player, um, but I think he may be one over the summer that potentially moves on because he's increasingly not been... He's always been on the bench, but Nuno hasn't been bringing him on. Um, he didn't come on in the Cup semi-final against Watford when we needed something, so I think that kind of says a lot. Um, so he'd probably be the one that I think, in a small squad, will probably be moved on to make way for maybe two or three more that will come in
1: yeah definitely worth watching there also are there any uh younger players that might break through the squad soon i know you mentioned morgan gibbs white earlier there and i know i've asked you about him on the show before but is there anybody else kind of in the youth ranks that could break through and, and kind of supplement the squad that way
2: um i think the the one lad who's been on the bench quite a bit is a player called max Kilman. i think it's his name max Kilman. i can't remember his first name but his last name is definitely Kilman. um and he came on for like 10 seconds against um brighton i think it was or Fulham and um but he's he's constantly been involved, and the fact that he's been involved in the squad so much tells me that Nuno probably rates him. And he's got a really interesting background because he was picked up because he was part of the English, the England futsal team, so that sort of huh. small-sided game. And he was picked up by a non-league side originally, and then Wolves really liked what they saw, so he's had kind of a meteor meteoric rise through futsal to lower league to wolves under you know under 23 development team to training with the first team to being on the bench and actually getting an appearance so it wouldn't surprise me to see him potentially come on I'm not actually sure where he plays you know <laughs> I think I've got it in my head that he's a he's a defender um but like a ball playing defender but um so that might be a name to look out for next season but we've got a very successful academy there are a there were various players um, coming through, but it's just it's so hard when the team's doing so well to think, you know, that there'll be a pathway for them. But I would expect maybe Gibbs, White and Kilman to, to be the two that are, are involved at the start of next season and maybe one or two more as the season goes on.
1: Mm. Uh, Kilman is listed as a centre back, so yeah. you nailed it there. Well, he only
2: got like I said, he got 10 seconds. He got given a token appearance. He literally ran on the field and then the ref blew the full time whistle. So it was, <laughs> it was uh, that's all I've got to go off, really. So, that's um, funny.
1: And also, yeah, his first name is Maximilian, so I can see why knowing his first name could be difficult because he could go by Max or Maxi or his whole name. Yeah, it's Just- a very nice. Yeah, yeah, Maximilian Kilman, yeah that's, yeah, that's pretty good. He probably should have done a band instead, but that's fine. <laughs> um, we'll wrap up uh, asking you about what your personal expectations are and, and perhaps any predictions for what we might see from Wolves in the 2019-20 season. Uh,
2: I think my expectation is for what's got us to where we are now over the last two years to continue, so that's stability um, a very lean, united together squad. A clear idea and identity about how we want to play. Clever recruitment, um, picking carefully, selecting players with the right mentality and the right skill set to supplement what we have and improve, prove the the squad and the team. Um, and yeah, just just the same, the same again, because there's no reason to think that this structure we've got in place is is going to is going to fail us. Um, as I said, it's difficult because I'm not, I may have made myself sound in this segment that I'm kind of really bombastic about our our prospects, um, but I normally like to play things down. I didn't think we'd finish seventh this season, so I've been pleasantly surprised. But obviously we, when you finish seventh, like I say, you're looking at progress. I'd like to see us get at least close to the points tally we've achieved this season. And possibly try and beat that, because that's what I think every team should be trying to do as a minimum, beat what they did the previous year. So that's my aspiration, get to, you know, 55,
1: 60 points.
2: And if they can do that, then I think we'll have had a, a good season and I would back this this team and this squad to achieve that.
1: Yeah, of course, the second year slump is a very common thing in this league and in sports in general. Uh, what do you think the fan base's reaction would be if there are some struggles out of the gate next season and it's more of like a top 10 than pushing for a top six? Is that something that's just like it comes with the experience or would that be looked at as a failure, do you think, internally?
2: Um, I think it's to be because top 10, I mean, the difference between top 10 is, you know, you've got teams like Leicester, Everton. West Ham and I think all of those teams if you ask their fans they would probably say they felt they underperformed for long periods of this season yet they weren't that far behind us so it's not a massive stretch to think while we're trying to look up and get better that those teams could accelerate past us so I don't think a top I think if we're in the top half then I don't think there's going to be alarm bells to be honest as I say it would be really nice to close the gap on the top six but that's what all those other teams will be trying to do as well Um, but I think if we're you know. The only time when the alarm bells would be ringing is if we're really, you know, we're talking bottom six kind of, you know, in that relegation conversation, because obviously that would suggest a deterioration. But personally, I don't see it. And although I think second season slump, I do subscribe to the fact that that happens and you've seen it so often. But I think a lot of newly promoted teams do well because they've got the momentum um, and sort of players perform beyond expectations but actually my view of this wall squad is i think the technical quality is there that you we should expect that level of performance because they're international players they've, they've a lot of them are played at a very high level champions league a lot of them um so it's not unexpected so um but i think if we you know the only meltdown will be if we're in the bottom six but i just i just don't see that being the case
1: yeah, it does seem unlikely, but yeah, maybe maybe a few more struggles just because the season went so well, or maybe conversely, you just start beating the teams you're supposed to, and maybe stop always beating the teams you're not supposed. Yeah, to. Yeah, well,
2: we're not going to do what we did against the top six again, so we'll have to compensate for those results um, with like as you say, beating the bottom teams. Hopefully, it well, luckily
1: that. for you, Huddersfield no longer in the Premier League. Exactly, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> and I, yeah, you can just yeah. I can already see that you know it'll be Derby or Villa or someone like that who uh, <laughs> trip us up again.
1: But we'll see. Yeah, well, good luck against them next season. We'll wrap up there. Uh, if you'd like to tell the folks uh, where they can reach you over the summer, now would be a great time.
2: Yeah, best place just to get on over to wallsblog dot com. There'll be some articles going up over the summer at a more relaxed pace um, looking at uh, you know the season that's finished and what, and what we've got going on ahead, it's always great to have the views of opposition fans, uh, particularly on Wolves, obviously, um, and you can also get me on Twitter um, the Wolves blog account is just at Wolves blog and we're on facebook.com forward slash Wolves blog as well, thanks for having me on, Kev
1: Cool, yeah, thanks for coming on congratulations on what was a fantastic season and best of luck trying to do it again next year
2: oh, Thank you, jeez